Let's continue. وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ Another incident is being mentioned. Remember when Musa السلام, said to his people, who were his people? The Bani Israel. And why has it been said his people? Because a person is always sincere to his own people. Whatever a person will tell them, there will be something good. So وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ When Musa السلام, said to his people, that إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah يَأْمُرُكُمْ He orders you. Hamza Mim Ra Amr And Amr is a command. So indeed Allah orders you and تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةِ That you should slaughter a cow. تَذْبَحُوا ذَالْبَاحَ ذِبْحْ ذَبِيحَ What does it mean? To slaughter. Allah is ordering you that you have to slaughter a cow. بَقَرَةً بَقَرَةً is from the root letters بَقَفْرَ And it's a singular word and it applies to female as well as male. Allah is ordering you to slaughter a cow. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala command them to slaughter a cow? We learn in the verses that will come later that a man was killed from the Bani Israel. And people couldn't figure out who had killed him. And they were blaming each other. That you killed him, no, you killed him, no, you killed him, so and so killed him. So every person was blaming another. And this could lead to a great fitna. So the people said, okay, why are we arguing amongst ourselves? Let's go to Musa alayhi salam and ask him. So they went to Musa alayhi salam and they asked him. So Musa alayhi salam said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him that if they want to know who killed that man, then they have to slaughter a cow first. Another reason is given. The Bani Israel, they had a lot of love for cows. How do we know? Because they made a calf of gold and they started worshipping it. And they still had that love for the cow. So that love had to be finished. It had to be destroyed. It had to be taken out of their hearts. So for that reason, they were told to slaughter the cow. Because they considered a cow holy, very sacred. It had to be shown to them that look, these are creatures that are created for your use, not that you worship them, but that you benefit from them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them that you slaughter a cow. When Musa salam said that to them, قالوا, they said, Are you kidding? Are you joking with us? تَتَّخِذُ Root letters, Hamza Khadal. أَخْذَ is to take. So أَتَتَّخِذُنَا Are you taking us huzwan in mockery? Huzwan. We have learned the word earlier, يَسْتَهْزِئُون مُسْتَهْزِئُون هَذَاي Hamza To make fun of someone, to mock at someone, to have a good laugh at them. So they said to Musa a.s. Are you joking with us? Are you making a fool of us? Are you kidding? أَتَتَّخِذُنَا هُزُوَا قَالَ Musa a.s. replied, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ I seek refuge with Allah. عَيْنْ وَاوْذَالْ أعوذ. I seek refuge with Allah. An akuna that I should be min al jahilin of those who are ignorant. Jahilin is a plural of jahil. And who is jahil? One who suffers from jahil. Jahil, jim halam, ignorance. Ignorance is that a person does not know, or that a person behaves like he does not know. Either he doesn't know, or that he behaves like he does not know. So he said, "A'udhu billahi an akuna min al jahilin." Question. Why did the Bani Israel say, are you joking with us? Are you making fun of us? When he told them about the command of Allah. Because of their love for the cow. They didn't want to slaughter the cow. So he said, are you joking? It's like you tell somebody to do something that they don't want to do. If you tell, then what are they going to say? Are you joking? I'm never going to do it. How could you ask me to do it? No way. They did not want to slaughter the cow at all. And this is why they said, أَتَتَّخِذُنَا huzua." So Musa salam replied, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ أَنْ أَكُونَ مِنَ الْجَاهِلِينَ Ignorant. Why did Musa salam say that? Because making fun of other people is behaving ignorant. 
we think making fun of other people being sarcastic this is what being very clever being very smart being very intelligent but in fact this is foolishness this is ignorance because a person who has respect for others he will never ever do that a person who has a little bit of sense will have respect for other people just as he has respect for himself a'udhu billahi an akuna min al-jahilin now since the bani israel did not want to slaughter the cow at all qalu they said ud'u lana rabbak you call for us who your lord they said this earlier as well ud'u lana rabbak you make dua to your lord for us there are two things that we see over here first of all how the bani israel are not making dua themselves but they're ordering their prophet ud'u you go make dua as if he's their servant and they're the boss secondly we see that the bani israel they say ud'u lana rabbaka go and make dua to your lord isn't he their lord as well of course but they said your lord what does it show that they had absolutely no love no respect for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no love for him no respect for him because if a person has even a little bit of iman a little bit of love and respect for allah then he won't say your allah what will he say our lord ud'u lana rabbak call upon your lord for us ask him that yubayyin he should make clear yubayyin is from the root letters bayyanun to clarify something so he should make clear lana for us ma hiya what it is he should clarify what kind of a cow it is ma hiya hiya refers to the cow and hiya is the feminine of the word huwa what does huwa mean he and hiya means she remember i told you earlier that in arabic language all nouns have a gender either they're masculine or they're feminine But in English since they're not looked at the same way this is why we translate huwa and hiya sometimes as it. So they said call upon your lord that he should clarify the cow to us what kind of a cow is it? Tell me something if you have been told to slaughter a cow isn't that quite clear? You have been told to slaughter an animal if you were told slaughter an animal you would say okay a cow a goat a camel what? But if you were told a cow it's understood. You don't need to know about the profession of the cow the race of the cow the complexion of the cow anything like that but they started asking one question after the other why because they did not want to slaughter the cow so they said ud'u lana rabbak yubayyin lana ma hiya he should clarify to us what this is we don't understand this instruction and likewise people behave with the commands of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but i don't understand how are you supposed to do this and why are you supposed to do this but it doesn't make sense to me but i don't get it but why not this and why not that these questions they come from a person who doesn't want to obey who doesn't want to listen qala he said musa alayhi salam he responded to them that innahu indeed he meaning allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yaqulu he says innaha baqaratun that indeed it is a cow meaning it should be a cow what kind of a cow la faridun it should not be old wala bikrun nor should it be too young what's the age awanun middle of age bayna dhalik between that between what being extremely old and being very young middle aged cow think about it they asked for more clarification and they made it more difficult for themselves farid is from the root letters faradad farada is to cut something that is solid something that is firm what does farada mean to cut something that is solid something that is firm and fard is something that is an obligation that is mandatory on us farid is used for a cow that has become old 
meaning it has cut through its life it has become old it has crossed its youth and now it has become old and it has given birth to multiple cows it has given birth many many times before so old in age farid wala bikr bikr is the opposite of that bikr from the root letters bakafra is used for a virgin meaning someone who has never given birth so farid extremely old bikr extremely young what is it then awanun bayna dhalik awanun ain wa nun and awan gives a meaning of that which is in the middle middle of age a cow that is middle of age bayna dhalik Musa alayhisalam told them fafalu ma tu'marun do whatever you are being commanded don't ask too many questions fafalu fa'in lam an tu'marun hamza mim ra what does amr mean a command so fafalu ma tu'marun do it already don't ask so many questions But what did the Bani Israel do? After knowing about the exact age of the cow, they were in confusion. And what was the confusion? مَا لَوْنُهَا What should be its color? لَوْن is from the root letters لَام وَاُنُون And لَوْن is the color, the complexion, the shade. And basically it's used for the natural color of something. Not a color that has been put on something, but the natural color of something. So what is the natural color of the cow? مَا لَوْنُهَا قَالَ He said, Musa alayhi salam replied that innahu yaqulu that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says innaha baqaratun indeed it is a cow what color should it be safra yellow safra from the root letter sad fara safra means yellow but for a cow obviously you don't have yellow cows you have like brown gold almost so that kind of a color safra yellow but this color should be yellow moreover it should be faqi'un launuha faqi' fa qaf ain And fuqur literally means to burst, to explode. And faqir is used for the brightness or the purity of yellow color. It's like an adjective that further describes the color yellow. Like for example, black, coal black, or you say jet black, pitch black. Right? So there are different adjectives that you use to show the darkness of the color black. So similarly, faqir is a word that is used to describe the brightness of the color yellow. And thirdly, tasurru al-nazirin. Tasurru, it should please. Seen, ra-ra, surur. Surur is pleasure. It should please who? Al-nazirin. Nazirin, those who look. Nazirin is a plural of nazir. One who looks. In other words, it shouldn't be like fluorescent yellow, but it should be a color that is very comfortable, that is very nice. When you look at it, you actually like it, you're pleased by it. What do we see over here? They asked unnecessary questions and the matter was made even more difficult for them. If they had gone and slaughtered any cow, would it be accepted? Yes. But they said, what age and what color? So when they made the deen difficult for themselves, it became more difficult for them. They asked for the color. They were given three descriptions. First of all, Safra. Secondly, Faqir. And thirdly, Tasurrun Nazirin. Were they satisfied at that? No. They wanted to ask more questions. قَالُوا They said, اُدْعُوا لَنَا رَبَّكَ Call upon your Lord for us. يُبَيِّلْ لَنَا He should make clear for us مَا هِيَ What it is. He should further clarify the kind of the cow. Why? Because إِنَّ الْبَقَرَ Indeed the cows تَشَابَهَ عَلَيْنَا They all look alike to us. البقر Look at the word البقر. Earlier we read the word بَقَرَه Baqarah with a tamar buta at the end. Do you see a tamar buta over here? No, you don't see it here. There's a difference. Baqarah is one cow. One cow. It's a singular. And baqar, this is a plural. 
So they said, indeed the cows, meaning all cows, they look alike to us. Tashabaha. Tashabaha is from the root letter Shinbaha. And we have done this word earlier. And what does that mean? When one thing resembles the other, that you can't tell between the two. You're confused as to what is what. Like for example, if you have two twin sisters, they're sitting together. Both are going to look similar to you. And that similarity is going to create confusion for you. So they said, إِنَّ الْبَقَرَ تَشَابَهَ عَلَيْنَا All the cows look the same to us. Really? With such a description that the cow should be of this age and it should be of this particular color, how can you ever say that all the cows look alike to you? Such a cow would definitely stand out. And they said, inna, And indeed we, Allah, If Allah wills, لَمُهْتَدُونَ Surely we will be rightly guided. Muhtadun, Lord of Muhtad, one who accepts guidance, one who is in receipt of guidance. So if Allah wants, we're going to do it. What are they implying over here? If Allah wants, we will do it. They're basically saying, Allah doesn't want us to do it. If Allah wants, I will do it. So if I don't do it, it means Allah does not want me to do it. Like people say, if Allah wants, I'll pray. If Allah wants, I'll become a very good person. If Allah wants, I will stop lying. If Allah wants, I will do this and this and this. In other words, you're blaming Allah. That's exactly what the Bani Israel did. As if, you know, we really want to slaughter the cow. However, it's just so difficult. Maybe Allah doesn't want us to do it. It's a simple instruction. When you make it complicated, it will become complicated. وَإِنَّا إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ لَمُهْتَدُونَ قَالَ Musa السلام said, إِنَّهُ يَقُولُ Indeed Allah says, that إِنَّهَا بَقْرَةٌ Indeed it is a cow. لَا ذَلُولٌ It should not be ذَلُول. ذَلُول is from the root letters, ذَال لَام لَام Any other word that you can think of from the same root? ذِلَّة What is ذِلَّة? Humiliation. ذَلُول is one that is subdued. Meaning one that is humble and low under someone. So if you think of an animal that is dalul, what does it mean? Tamed, right? Someone that works. An animal that works. That is used in the farms or for some other purpose. So he said, إِنَّهَا بَقْرَةٌ لَا ذَلُولٌ It should not be subdued for labor. What kind of labor in particular? That تُثِيرُ الْأَرْضِ That it plows the earth. That it plows the land. تُثِيرُ سَوَوْرَى Saru yasuru is to stir, to rouse something, to upturn something, to agitate something. In earlier times, even today in many places, animals are used for plowing the land for agriculture. Animals are used for preparing the soil so that you can have plants. It should not be such that plows the land. It should not be subdued. It should not be tamed that plows the land. وَلَا تَسْقِ it should not be such that irrigates the fields, the crops. Tasqi, seen qafya. Any other word from the same root? Is tasqa. So, wala tasqi al-harth. Harth, haratha, is used for crop, field, agricultural plants. In other words, it should not be a cow that works at the farms. Neither in plowing the land, nor in watering the fields. You must be wondering, how can cows water the fields? Cows cannot take up buckets and go and put them on the water or take a hose and spray. How would cows do that? In many places what they have is like, for example, a well is full of water or there is a particular reservoir that is full of water and they will have a wheel that has buckets attached to it. If the wheel moves, the buckets will get filled up with the water and as the wheel moves, it will fall and the water will go into a particular direction, into a particular stream. And like this, the water will be irrigated. So to have that wheel moving, people would have a cow or an animal attached to it 
and certain gears fixed in a particular way. So if the cow would move, walk around, the wheel would move. When the wheel will move, the water will come. So you understand? One that is subdued to labor. It should not be such a cow. Moreover, musallamatun. It should be perfectly sound. Sound in what? In its body. Because which kind of an animal would not be used in the farms? An animal that has some defect. Like for example, the foot is broken or something is wrong with the animal. So this is why it's not used for work. No, it should be musallama. Musallama, seen, lam, meem. Salam, safety, security. So musallama, one that is safe and sound, meaning perfect in its health, perfect in its condition. La shiyata fiha. There should be no blemish on it. Shia is from the root letters wow, sheen, ya. And washi is to put a mark on something that is different in color from the color of what you're putting the mark on. For example, you have a white piece of paper. If you write with a white pen, is it going to show? No. If you write with a black pen, is it going to show? Yes. So the mark that you put that is black on white paper, that mark is what? Shia. Like for example, animals, they're spotted sometimes. You have a dog with black spots. You have a brown cow with white spots. You have a white cow with black spots. And sometimes you will have a horse that is completely black, but just a white mark on its forehead. Just one spot. One spot that is of a different color. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لا شيئة فيها There should be not even a single mark on it. Meaning it should be spotless. It should be plain in its color. No injury, no scar, no wound, no spots, nothing. لا شيئة فيها Now the Bani Israel, they realized they were in trouble. If they ask any more questions, that's it. They will never be able to find such a cow. So they said, pretending to be very serious, قالوا, they said, الآن جئت بالحق. Now you have brought the truth. Now we get it. الآن. What does الآن mean? Now, at this time, present. So now, جئت, you have come بالحق. جئت is from the root letters, جيم يا همزة, جاء. جاء means he came. جئت, you brought. So now you have brought bilhaq with the truth. Meaning, now you have brought the right description. Now you have told us about the cow, which kind of a cow it should be. But when Musa told them, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَن Wasn't that al-haq? Of course. But they kept on asking questions one after the other, and then they said, الْآنَ جِئْتَ bilhaq. Some have said that what they meant by this statement is, that when Musa told them, Allah commands you to slaughter a cow. What did they say? Atatakhiduna huzua. Are you making fun of us? Are you joking with us? They asked all of these questions and they said, Now we know that you were serious. Now we know that you weren't joking. Can the Prophet of Allah ever joke about the commands of Allah? Is it ever possible that the Prophet of Allah would say, Allah commands you to do this? No, no, I was joking. You can never imagine a righteous person even doing that. Can you imagine the Prophet of Allah to do that? This is how they behaved with Musa They said, Now we know that you're speaking the truth. As if they did not even trust him. And then, فَذَبَحُوهَا Then they slaughtered it. Then finally they slaughtered the cow. It must have taken them a long time to find such a cow. فَذَبَحُوهَا And Allah says, وَمَا كَادُوا يَفْعَلُونَ They were nowhere near doing it. They almost did not do it. وَمَا كَادُوا كَادُوا Have we done a similar word? يَكَادُوا الْبَرْقُبُ 
Kada yakadu is to be at the verge of doing something, to be at the point, almost do it. So, wama kadu, they almost did not yaf'alun. They almost did not slaughter the cow. But they did it. And now, when the cow was slaughtered, what happened with the cow? What did they do with it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the incident. And remember when you killed a person, qataltum, qatl. You killed a person, faddara'tum fiha, and then you disputed over it. Faddara'tum is from the root letters, dal, ra, hamza. Dar is to ward off something. Something is coming towards you, you push it away. Iddara'a. Iddara'a. You see that sound of the alif after the dal? Dara'a. Iddara'a. This shows that there are more than one person involved. So, iddara'atu, meaning all of you were disputing about it. Meaning all of you were blaming each other. One person was accused, you killed him. He threw that allegation on someone else. He warded it off. He pushed it away. No, you killed him. He pushed it away to somebody. No, you killed him. So you understand what's going on? Imagine a group of people with a ball. One person is throwing the ball to the other, he throws it away. And then he throws it away. He throws it away. Constantly, back and forth, back and forth. So similarly, they were hurling one another with the accusation of murder. That you have killed him. فَدَّارَأْتُمْ fiha. And the person who had actually killed the man, he also pretended that he hadn't killed him. Allah said, وَاللَّهُ مُخْرِجٌ And Allah is one who brings out. مُخْرِج One who brings out. خَارَاجِيم One who brings out. مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ What you were concealing. تَكْتُمُونَ كَتَمَ What does كَتَمَ mean? To hide. So the person who had committed the murder was hiding his crime. And he thought he could hide his crime by accusing other people. But what does Allah say? وَاللَّهُ مُخْرِجٌ مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ You can hide from people, but you cannot hide from Allah. You can hide something, but Allah will bring it out. وَاللَّهُ مُخْرِجٌ مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ فَقُلْنَا So we said, اِضْرِبُوهُ Strike him. Strike who? Strike that dead man. That man who was killed. Meaning strike his dead body. With what? بِبَعْضِهَا With some of it. With a part of it. With a part of what? With a part of the cow that was slaughtered. So take a piece of that cow and then strike the dead man with that piece. فَقُلْنَا ضْرِبُوهُ بِبَعْضِهَا And we learned that what happened was that that man became alive and he spoke the name of the person who killed him. You may say, how is that possible? That man was dead. Allah says, كَذَلِكَ يُحْيِ اللَّهُ الْمَوْتَى Likewise, Allah will bring about those who are dead. He will give life to those who are dead. Allah, if He can create us once, He can also give us life again. He can recreate us again. And this is exactly what the Bani Israel were being taught. كَذَلِكَ يُحْيَ اللَّهُ الْمَوْتَى وَيُرِيكُمْ آيَاتِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ And He shows you a sign so that you understand. يُحْيِ يُحْيِ is from the root letters. حَيَايَا Hayat is life. And al-mawta is the plural of mayyit. One who is dead, mawta, those who are dead. So those people who die, Allah will bring them back to life again, just as this dead man was brought to life again. وَيُرِيكُمْ ayati, And He shows you His signs, evidences, proofs, that if this man can come alive, all of you can also be brought back alive. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So that you understand, you use your reason. It is said that this incident, it served many purposes. The Bani Israel, they had many, many lessons in it for them. First of all, their love for the cow, it was finished. Many times it happens that people have false assumption, false beliefs about something. And they're completely baseless. 
Just recently, somebody was telling me that they saw a video about how in Pakistan, in a particular area, there was a huge tree, a massive tree. And people would go and worship over there saying, there's a man who is buried over here and we pray to him, we worship him, we ask him for help and he responds to us. And there were a group of people who said that you should be only praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they said, we're going to finish this tree and then you will see that this tree cannot harm you. The person who is buried over here cannot harm you. They said, no, if you cut the tree up, you are going to be finished. You're going to die. It's going to destroy you. They said, okay, let's make a deal. If we cut up the tree and something happens to us, okay, we don't mind. But if we cut up the tree and nothing happens to us and what you believe is false. They said, okay, fine. So they made a deal. They made a contract. They even wrote it down. And those group of people, they went and they started breaking up the tree. One branch after the other. And they cut up the entire tree Nothing happened and the people were shocked that this tree we have been worshipping, thinking that it has some supernatural powers and it cannot even harm us. We've been making a fool of ourselves. And finally they gave up that belief. Similarly, the Bani Israel had a lot of respect for the cow. They revered it, they respected it because Fir'aun and his people, they used to worship idols. So this is why they had false beliefs concerning the cow. So all of those beliefs were finished when they were made to slaughter the cow. So this is one benefit that came out of this incident. Another benefit that came out of this incident was that the man who was murdered, his qatil was unknown. And now his qatil, his murderer, was known. Because when the man was hit with the piece of the cow, he spoke up the name of his murderer, and everybody knew who the murderer was. So it resolved a major dispute in the Bani Israel. Thirdly, another lesson, another benefit was that the Bani Israel, a lot of their beliefs had become weak. Their beliefs regarding the Akhirah, their beliefs regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, regarding many things, which is why they ended up worshipping the Kaf. And they had very weak belief in the hereafter as well. You know why? Because Fir'aun and his people, they had a very distorted belief concerning afterlife. And we all are familiar with what kind of belief ancient Egyptians had. Many Israel also, they had a very distorted belief. So to correct their belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring you back alive again, this incident happened that that man who was dead was brought back to life Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them if Allah can bring this man back to life, He can bring all of you back to life as well. So this incident served many purposes. There were many lessons for the Bani Israel in this incident. Let's listen to the recitation and discuss the lessons that we can learn. وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَن تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةً قالوا أتتخذنا هزوا قال أعوذ بالله أن أكون من الجاهلين قالوا دع لنا ربك يبين لنا ما هي قال إنه يقول إنها بقرة لا فارض ولا بكر عوان بين ذلك فَافْعَلُوا مَا تُؤْمَرُونَ قَالُوا ادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُبَيِّن لَّنَا مَا لَوْنُهَا قَالَ إِنَّهُ يَقُولُ إِنَّهَا بَقَرَةٌ صَفْرَاءُ فَاقِعٌ لَّوْنُهَا تَسُرُّ النَّاظِرِينَ قَالُوا ادْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ يُبَيِّن لَّنَا مَا هِيَ إِنَّ 
We see that in this incident there were many lessons for the Bani Israel present at that time. However, the Bani Israel present at the time of the Prophet Why are they being reminded of this incident? What was the benefit for them in this incident? What could they learn? Because the Bani Israel at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, their problem was that instead of believing in the Prophet ﷺ, they were asking one question after the other. It was simple, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ was clear, but they kept on asking him many questions. For example, we learn that they came and asked him about the Ashabul Kahf, the people of the cave. And inshallah we will learn about their story in Surah Al-Kahf. Similarly, they came and asked about the first food that the people of Jannah will be served. We also learned that they came and asked that why does a child resemble his parents? Such questions they would ask him that had nothing to do with the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ or didn't have much to do with that. The signs were very obvious, the message was clear. So they are being taught a lesson that don't demand too many details because it's not a relevance. It's simple, the messenger has come, accept him. Then there are many lessons in this incident as well. First of all, we learn that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a command, we should never ever take it lightly. We should never say, are you joking? This must be a joke. How is that possible? I can never do that. No. When Allah has given us a command, then we should take it seriously. We should accept it seriously. Because even if we don't understand it, remember there is benefit for us in it. We don't know, but who knows? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Another very important thing that we learn is that mocking at people, making fun of them, is this smartness? No. What is it? Foolishness. And we should seek refuge with Allah from doing this. People try to become more sarcastic. And we should be trying not to become like that. Then we also learn that all of mankind, all people are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, including the messengers. Why? Because the messenger of Allah, Musa salam, what did he say? أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ I seek refuge with Allah, that I should be of those who are ignorant. We need Allah for everything. To do certain things, to stay away from certain things. He was seeking Allah's help. And if he was, this means that we need to even more so. Then we also learn about the pride of Bani Israel and how they continuously asked Musa to go and pray to Allah, to go and ask Allah again and again. And the way that they instructed him shows a lot of pride. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a command, then instead of asking too many questions, whys and ifs and buts, what should we do? Samirna wa alta'na. Just do it. Listen and obey. Don't ask too many questions because if we ask too many questions, first of all, we're delaying doing good. And what does Allah want us to do? To be quick in doing good. Don't delay, but be quick. 
وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ Not that we should delay. Allah wants us to be quick in doing good. And secondly, when we ask too many questions, then what are we doing? We're making the matter more complicated for ourselves. More and more difficult and challenging for ourselves. Remember that the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the religion that He has given to us is easy. It is simple. Meaning, we are able to observe it. We are able to live by it. The instructions are clear. But if we go into too many details, asking too many questions, then we are complicating the religion for ourselves. Complicating it to the point that it will be unable for us to follow the religion. It will be unable for us to live by the deen. We'll make it so difficult for ourselves. Can you think of an example in the way people make the religion difficult for themselves? That we should be concerned about food being halal. If it's halal or haram. But if a person goes on asking, is maple syrup halal? Is this halal? Is this halal? Every single thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us about what is haram. And everything else besides that is halal. But if we start counting what is halal on our fingertips, meaning we make only a few things halal and everything haram, we're going to make the deen very difficult for ourselves. Like for example, it's understood, interest is haram. A person says, but what if I need a house? And what if I really want a house? And it's my desire and we've never owned one. And if I'm renting, then I'm wasting my money. You know, I should be spending that money to buy a house. Question after question after question. We have been told that we have to cover ourselves as women. But if a woman asks, how big exactly should my hijab be? Two meters, one meter, one and a half. How big should it be? Similarly, we are to cover our body. So for example, our feet, they're also included in the body that has to be covered. Now if a person says, do I have to wear socks? And should I be wearing closed shoes all the time? Aren't you making it more difficult? Just wear long trousers, long skirt, long arbaya so that your feet are covered. Otherwise you're going to the beach and you're wearing running shoes. Asking too many questions and complicating the deen for ourselves and for other people. Exactly. Asking too many questions and discouraging other people from doing the good that they're doing. So anyway, we have been discouraged from asking too many questions when they are irrelevant. When you have been told to do something, do it. If your mother asks you, bring a glass of water and you say, which one do you want? Do you want the one that we serve the guests or do you want the one that my brother drinks from or do you want the one that's big or small, the clear one or the plastic one or the green one or the blue one? Do you want the one with the purple circles or do you want the one with the green circles? She asked for a glass of water. That's it. Simple. Similarly, if somebody comes as a guest and you ask them, would you like to have something? Would you like to drink something? And if you go and ask them, one teaspoon sugar, two teaspoons, or would you like milk, or would you like cream? What would you like? You know what? Whatever you have, just bring it. How difficult is it to bring an extra teaspoon and to bring a pot of sugar? It's not that challenging. But if you have too many questions, you make other people uncomfortable and you make it difficult for yourselves. Questions that have nothing to do with our actions. Like we cannot implement it. It's not relevant to us. For example, if a person says, so when is the Dajjal coming? Which year? Similarly, a person says, oh, the buraq, the animal, the creature in which the Prophet ﷺ went for Isra. Is it halal or haram? Can we eat it? You know what? Find one and then we'll see. How big was the size of the ship of Nuh salam? Well, you want to ride it? What does it have to do with you? We have been discouraged from asking unnecessary questions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes that. The Prophet sallallahu said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes for you three things. Allah dislikes for you three things. Qeel waqal. It was said, that was said, she said, he said, so and so said. Qeel waqal. Allah dislikes that. 
The second thing that Allah dislikes for you, إِضَاعَةُ mal, Wasting money. Wasting wealth. Allah does not like that for you. And thirdly, وَكَثْرَةَ السُّؤَالِ Because if we ask too many questions, we might get answers that we don't like. A person came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, O Messenger of Allah, where is my father? His father had died as a mushrik. Is he in paradise or hell? Prophet ﷺ said in hellfire. He died as a mushrik, he's in hellfire. What has it got to do with us? We should be worried about our own actions, about our own fate. So we have been discouraged from asking unnecessary questions, irrelevant questions, because they only make our life difficult, they delay our action. Is it wrong to ask questions? No, it's not wrong at all. You should ask questions, but only those whose answers will actually benefit you. Like for example, if you want to know about how cells divide, okay, you're sitting in your class, you're not going to be questioned about that in your exam, it's not a part of your course, but you're curious. You want to know. Is there any harm in finding that out? No, there's no harm. Why? Because if you learn about that, it will increase in your knowledge. It is of some benefit to you, Like for example, yesterday we learned about the different types of vegetables. Isn't it? And I asked you to do some research. You might say, what has that got to do with my amal? Nothing to do with my amal, so I'm not going to. But it increases you in your knowledge. You learn about the different types of plants that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. But if it cannot increase you in knowledge, and even if you do find out about it, it's of no relevance to you, there is no point. Like for example, asking about the burraq, asking about the ship of Nuh asking about which year the jal will come. We don't need to know this stuff because if it was necessary, Allah and His Messenger would have informed us. Because Allah did not deprive us from any khayr, anything good, anything beneficial that we needed to know, Allah informed us of it. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي Today I have completed my religion, perfected my favor on you. وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ They did not leave out anything good for us. So everything good was given to us. That is of benefit. Anything else? That we should always focus on the lesson, the practical part, the part that is relevant to us. Like for example, we learned about the mosquito. That some people get lost in the mosquito and other people, they just take the benefit, they take the lesson and they move on. This is exactly what we're supposed to do. Get the message, do it and move on. Don't get stuck. Because if you do, this is a trick of shaitan to keep you away from amal. to delay you from obedience. Inshallah, we will conclude over here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.